0: Hey, welcome to Life Church. We pray this blesses you and empowers you for your week ahead. We hope you enjoyed this message.
1: Good morning, church. You can grab a seat. So before we begin, I'm very sorry to say Compassion did not employ a Glaswegian interpreter, so I'll do my absolute best for you guys to follow along well. You know, as a church, you have done some incredible things, and those do not need interpretation. We only look at some of the slides on the screen, but your impact through your sponsorship as a church has seen over 2.1 million hours spent by Compassion children at their local church. Come on, you can give yourselves a better round of applause than that. 2.1 million hours. It has meant there have been over 735,000 meals provided to your compassion children. There have been 9,703 medical interventions. And beyond that, over four and a half thousand Bibles given to your sponsored children. You know, you only have, I think, 2,600. Your children are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. How incredible is that? For many of us in a church setting like this, we raised our hand. We said one day, we will sponsor a compassion child, but you did not know the impact that you would make. Your gifts... If we move to the next slide, have meant that over 1.2 million pounds has been sown in to the ground in Africa and Kenya in some of the toughest communities I have ever seen. And that is your generosity. Your letters on the next slide, there have been over 9,500 letters passed to you and you guys have returned over 2,900. If you go to the, the next slide, this will be the last one. There are over 1,200 girls, and over 1,300 boys that you support. Church, on behalf of those children, thank you. You do not know the impact you have made. You do not know the lives that you have changed. And that's on you. You done that. You know, I sometimes think the news gives all the negative spin, all the, all the, the clickbait, all the challenging circumstances that are easy to draw you in, but sometimes there is not good news. That is good news today. Church, I want to thank you for what you have done. I want to thank you, I want to thank you, I want to thank you. I don't have a huge amount of time with you today, church, but I want to share a few thoughts from Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 and 9. If you have your Bibles with you, you can look. I believe it's going to be on the screen behind me. That's Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 and 9. It says this here, verse 8, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Your church today, I want to share a few stories with you. And I hope that these stories will interpret well. I hope that these stories encourage you. They challenge you. They make you laugh. They make you cry. The first story I would love to share is about the boy. The dad, the mum, and the monkey. You'll have heard this one. You'll have heard this one. Let me refresh your memory. So a boy goes to Sunday school one day. He's in kids' church. And they talk from Genesis 1 about creation and how God created the heavens and the earth. The young boy came home quite inspired, yet had questions. Came up to his mother. Mummy? Yes, son? Is it true that we came from, from Adam and Eve? Is this true? Well, son, we believe that actually God did create the heavens and the earth. But you know, son, we sort of believe that maybe we came from monkeys a little too. The boy, somewhat confused, goes back to the father and says, Daddy, why did mum say we came from Adam and Eve and we came from monkeys? My Sunday school teachers say we came from Adam and Eve. You've told me before that we've came from Adam. Where is this story from monkeys came? The father in his infinite fatherly wisdom, you know, this sort of kind, he's a scholar, he's a theologian, he sits back with his beard, said, says, well, son, I do believe we came from Adam and Eve. I believe God sculpted the heavens and the earth, the mountains and the valleys. I believe that is where we came from. But your mum's not entirely wrong. People did come from monkeys. You see, your mum's side of the family, they came <laughs> from monkeys. You know, today, church, I want to share a story with you, and it's the story of the blind man, the mute, and the everyday hero. You today are going to have the opportunity to be someone's everyday hero. You're going to get the chance to be Jones' everyday hero, to be Harrison's everyday hero, to be your neighbor's everyday hero. We all get opportunities in our life, but sometimes we just don't seize them. Let me pray. Lord, we just invite your Holy Spirit here right now. Lord, these words I have to say, they are empty without you. Lord, give me the courage, yet the humility, and yet the boldness to share what you have have laid on my heart. But we invite your Holy Spirit here. You are a good God who has done good things. Let us not forget the great things you have done. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I've been watching a, a great new docu-series on—I don't know—Disney, Netflix, Paramount. There's so many now, but it's about this t- this football team purchased by two Hollywood actors called Wrexham. Anyone heard of Wrexham before? Yay, like three people. And it's this great new docu-series called This Is Wrexham, and it's about this little fledgling underdog football team that have had very little money, very little resource, and very little support over the years. And what's happened is these two Hollywood megastars have come in with all their influence, all of their money, all of their, their fame and notoriety, and they have elevated the fortunes of this little scrappy underdog. You may not be like me, but I love an underdog story. I love Star Wars, it's kind of an underdog story. You know, little farm boy, he's going along, this evil, galactic, sinister bad guy. He sorts out this sort of situation Sadly, his his adoptive parents die. He kind of, in a bit of a ditch, he meets this this elder statesman, this kind of guru, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Anyone heard of Obi-Wan Kenobi? Like two people. Okay, the Star Wars geeks are loving it. Everyone else is saying get on with it. Then what happens is, as life gets better, then it dips. But then at the end, it's all good in the end. And we love an underdog story. story of little hobbits from the Shire. And they come through with the ring of power. And eventually they they destroy it in Mount Doom. We love these stories. I love these stories. So much so, and this is not what you do when you're the father of young children. But the Avengers movies, when they came out, I'm at the midnight, or the one minute past midnight. I'm getting a few nods, guys. They're like, yes, I do it. One minute past midnight, showing of the Avengers. Very sad to say, one of the movies where one of the heroes dies. I went home at 3.30 a.m. and couldn't sleep. (laughs) I was so distraught. But we all love these stories. I love these stories. I love the story of an underdog. I love the story of someone who does something extraordinary with their life. And many of us, we look around and we think... We think that sometimes these, these heroes have traits, they have characteristics that we can never, ever aspire to. Let me tell you about two of the heroes in my life. Number one is my own mother. She's not here, so I can say this. But number one is my mother. For 16 years, my dad did not go to church. And not only did he not go to church, he hated the church. Not only did he hate the church, he thought pastors were the worst ever. And the thought of 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, his own son becoming a pastor or a leader in a church would not have been something that enthused him on any level. Yet for every day, for 16 years, my mother prayed for my father's salvation. And dad eventually came back to God. My mother is one of my everyday heroes. My second everyday hero, and she is here, is my wife. Probably the most selfless person I have ever known. Gives and gives and gives and gives and gives to the point of pain almost and continues to give. Church, I would suggest we are all surrounded by everyday heroes and we have opportunities every day to be someone else's everyday hero. I remember one day in high school... Don't think the room was quite this big. I remember being in a room in at high school, and I hadn't long started in the school, maybe a few weeks in, and you know the transition from, from primary to secondary, you can kind have of changed friends, friend some of you know that. You change friend groups. I remember being in the hall one day with my, my little packed lunch, and, and it wasn't like in a case, that's that's too young, but in a little packet and I don't know, ham and cheese. Wagon wheel, jammy dodger, something really, really class. And I'm sat in the corner with my buddies eating my luncheon. over in this other corner, I see my, my friend from, from primary. It was Doug. And I knew it was Doug because we had the same backpack. It's a certain kind of backpack. Young lads will remember it. It, had, it was umbro. It had a pouch at the side. One for your shin guards. One for your football boots. And because I'm from Scotland, well, hey, you had iron brew on the other side. <laughs> How stereotypical, but not haggis. We didn't carry haggis to school. <laughs> and I remember seeing Doug with these, these, these boys, and I'm looking. My context for high school is American TV, like Saved by the Bell, that sort of thing. And I'm watching, I'm like, oh, Doug's in a food fight, how good is that? That's great. And actually, the next day, Doug's food fight turned into Doug's food being forced in his mouth. I was like, that doesn't look so good for Doug. And then Doug, Doug's food being thrown in the bin, Doug being made to eat the food that was in the bin to then Doug being thrown in the bin this is escalating over months to then Doug being thrown down the stairs with his shirt pocket ripped off blood all over his shirt Doug being thrown in the urinals and the gents' toilets I dare not dare describe what that smell was like and I remember it was the first time I ever clearly know God spoke to me it was almost like son, what are you going to do? You could have wrapped me up in cling film. I was paralyzed with fear. That day I had a chance to be Doug's everyday hero and I did nothing. What then happened was this, was that Doug had to leave the school. It got so bad for him and he went to another school. And I'll be honest, this is not the sort of prayer, good Christians pray, but I remember when Doug left, I was like, thank you God, I'm off the hook. And the little bus I took home every day Every day, I saw Doug walking home. Every single day. How did I know it was Doug? He had the same umbrella backpack. It was Doug. And every single day, it was a reminder you should have done something. You should have done something. You should have done something. We assume, church, that greatness is given and it's not developed. We assume that a hero is this fictionalized superman that is born with greatness. We each have goals, and we each have things that we want to do in our lives, and very often they're left undone and unsaid, and it's an untold chapter that we all wish we could step into. I love what David says in Psalm chapter 90 verse 12. It's like a prayer, almost crying out to the Lord. Lord, teach us to number our days so we may gain a heart of wisdom. Church, do you know that there's a difference between you numbering your days and your days being numbered? When you number your days, you walk with intentionality. Every single moment counts. Every person counts. Every handshake, every smile, every transaction at the checkout in the supermarket, every person you sit next to in church, you have an opportunity to make a difference in someone else's world like someone made a difference in yours. You know, I, I'm here representing the incredible work of compassion. You know, the word compassion in, in, in the Greek is actually the word splagnizomai. That word is not just a, a description, but it's a verb. It's a doing word. It means to be moved as to your, your, your bowel. And, and pardon the analogy, but when you move to your bowel, you've got to move. And when you feel compassion and care for someone, it goes beyond a word. It goes beyond a feeling and actually steps into the realm of acting. And I wonder today if you could act for someone else. You know, there's a story of a man who once fell in a hole. And the man's in a hole and he's shouting up. It's a 12 foot down hole. He's looking up. Help! Help! Can someone help? And he hears some footsteps approaching and he looks up. He says, please help me. And a man looks down and he says, sir, can you please help me? It was a holy man. So the holy man says, of course I can help. And he disappears for a moment and hands him a, a slip of paper, throws it down and he looks at it and it's a prayer. And he said, okay, fantastic. I, I have this prayer. And the holy man said, bless you, my child and walks away. So the man has this prayer. He feels blessed but he's still in a hole. He continues to shout, help! Can anyone help? And another man walks by, man in a very sharply dressed suit, looks down. And he says, sir, please help. I've been in this hole for hours. I'm cold. It's wet. It's disgusting. Please help. The man says, no problem. Goes away for a moment, comes back, throws another slice of paper down. He has a prayer in one hand. The, the man in the suit hands him a check. For those of you who don't know what a check is, really old school way of like handing out money. Speak to your grandparents probably. But he, he has this check. He feels wealthy. He has this slip of paper with a prayer. He is blessed and he is rich, but he is still in a hole. Days go by. The man is hungry, he is destitute, he is alone, he is tired, he is at the absolute end of himself, continues to shout, "Help!" At this point he is hoarse.
0: Help! Help!"
1: And a, a head pops over the, the, the reservation of the hole. It was his friend. Help! And the friend said, "I'm going to help you. Stand back, okay, okay." So he stands back. His hopes are rising. Is a ladder going to fall? Is a rope going to fall? But the man jumps in the hole with him, and he said, "What did you? Why did you jump in too?" Said, "Don't worry, because I've been in a hole before, and I know the way out." That is the truth of compassion. God is asking and starting us up today, church, to start jumping in holes with people. There are people around your community and your street and your family in this church in Kenya. We have 70 children from Kenya that need you to jump in a hole with them today and say, I know the way out. That is someone's everyday hero. You know, it says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 22, it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, Does anyone know what that's like when the enemy comes in like a flood? Mortgage interest rates are rising. You can't get a hold of a mortgage. You can't sell your house. Redundancy's looming. War in Ukraine. Putin said this. Trump said that. Biden said this. Trust said that. For us, it's Nicholas Sturgeon said this. God bless her. (laughs) But when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises a standard against him. Church, I wonder today, what is your standard? And the standard is this. You know, when the Queen passed and King Charles went to Windsor Castle, it was the only flag in the country that that flew from the top. Everyone else, every other flag was half mass because that is the royal standard. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises the royal standard, the royal vanguard, the royal victory against them. Church, what is your standard today? Is it compassion? Is it kindness? Is it care? Is it acts of service? Is it love? Or is it defeat? I'm done. We we cannot possibly overcome this. But I wonder if God is saying today, church, stop looking at the temporal. Stop looking at the challenges and the things in front of you and start looking at the eternal and see that God is high and lifted up and the greatness that took you from where you were to where you are is still raising that royal banner over you today. Could you be someone's everyday hero today? Let me just unpack a little bit more from Proverbs chapter 31. It says this in verse 1. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Now, many theologians and scholars, Martin Luther and others, would believe that Lemuel is actually Solomon. And it's more of a pseudonym or a stage name, if you will, for Solomon. Solomon. And for those of you who have been around church for more than one or two minutes would understand that Solomon's mother was Bathsheba who almost destroyed the kingdom of Solomon's father David through the affair that they had. So bear with me as I unpack this. Bathsheba says to Solomon, do not spend your strength on women or your vigor on those who would ruin kings. Hmm. It is not for kings, Lemuel, It is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more but you, Lemuel speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the rights of all who are destitute speak up and judge fairly defend the rights of the poor and the needy what what Bathsheba is saying here is that, that, that Solomon, take your, 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 your power, your kingly influence as the warrior, as, as the strategist, as the, the leader, as the person who has all the authority in the kingdom. Take all of it and humble yourself for those who are most in need. Take everything you have and help defend. Speak up. This is kingly warrior leader advice. This is the ideal advice from his mother. Do not give it up. Do not give up what you have for drink and for women and for for all these things, but give it up and speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Today, I wonder what your challenges are that you face. I, I can't quite imagine. I was sharing with Steve very briefly. We have sold our house and we have reserved a new house, but we are in limbo in the middle. And yet this week I was out. I said, God, what do I do? God, I need you to speak to me. What do I do? And I felt God say, do nothing, just trust. Do nothing, just trust. Okay, God, I'll do nothing and I'll trust because actually you've got me this far. You're going to take me beyond this. And you may be sat here today saying, Don, I'm no hero. Don, I cannot be someone's everyday hero because I do not have it within me to be someone's everyday hero. When the enemy comes in like a flood, Matthew 12 verse 22 a man was brought before Jesus who had a demon and that spirit made him both blind and unable to speak when the enemy comes in like a flood I believe he will rob Christians of two things he will rob you of your sight he will rob you of your vision to see what God has for you what he's doing through you what he has before you and he'll rob you of your voice he'll make you mute and when the enemy comes in like a flood the Lord raises a standard against him God, this is so hard. I can't get through this. I got a tweet about it. I bet God is saying to you today, get on your knees about it. Forget about what this one says to the left or to that one says to the right, but God says, I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you. We're distracted by all the scenarios around us and it's far easier to get sucked into that than to trust in the unseen God in front of you. When the enemy comes on like a flood, the Lord raises the standard against them. You might feel today that you're, you're blind. You, you hear about all this need run about. You, I, you know, I know this kid's in poverty. I, you know, I've I, I, I heard of Hope for Justice. Love those guys. But I, I'm too busy with what I do. And you know, there's so many great things in the world going on. Great ministries. Don, I just don't have the time for it because you can't see it. The enemies come in like a flood. I pray today that God gives you sight to see what's in front of you. Or you see it, And perhaps you'd be mute, like me. Dug over in the corner, getting the snot beat out. Couldn't move. Church today, are you the blind man? Are you the mute? Or today could you be someone's everyday hero? And just do a very ordinary thing, like sponsoring Joan or Harrison, 28 quid a month, are coming up and saying, hey, Pastor Jock, I just want to say, what do you need? What do you need in church? You know, I've got a background and a to say, but I love to do gardening and I love this. What can I do to help? What do you have in your hands right now? You might be sat here saying, Don, you don't know me. I'm no one's hero. I'm nothing. Let me tell you this. I don't, friend, I don't know the chapter that you're in of your life. I don't know the sentence that you're in. I don't know the story that you've came through, but can I tell you this? I know the author. I know the perfecter. I know the finisher of your faith, and his name is Jesus Christ, and his banner over you is truth and love. That's his standard over your life. Surely, his word says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. All the days of your life, what the enemy has meant for harm, that pain, that challenge, that grief, that loss, that redundancy, that thing, what the enemy has meant for harm. God, I wonder today is saying, I will use for good. We have 70 children like little Joan here. She's four years old. Harrison, who's six. We have 70 children here today looking for an everyday hero. You may already sponsored three or four kids and saying, Don, I'm not sure we can do any more. Bless you. Thank you. What else could you do? What else has God put in your mind and in your heart? There are so many things we can do. Food banks, engage with our community. I think the, the, the gift of hospitality has been lost through COVID. Just, just our home. We don't host people like we used to. We don't have people. And I'm really convicted and challenged by that. Don, I'm not a great cook. Yeah, but you got Domino's phone number. You can have people over. Connect with them. There are people in your church, I can guarantee, who are lonely and looking for you to be their friend. You can be someone's everyday hero. Jones, Harrison's, you just need to look around you. There are people who are desperate for you to be their everyday hero. And you may be saying, Don, does it even make a difference? You know, I don't even know if these little acts make a difference. You'll have heard of the starfish fallacy before. There's 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 a, a young boy in a beach throwing starfish. There's tens of thousands of them everywhere. He's throwing them back in one at a time, one at a time. And an old fisherman comes by and says, "Son, you're not making any difference to these starfish. You're not making any. There's tens of thousands here. They're all going to die. You're not making any difference, son." And he picks it up. Let's make a difference to this one. 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 But a little twist I'd like to add to that as well. Not only is he making a difference to this one, he's giving hope to the rest. When you set a pattern, an example for others, they follow in it. When you step out into generosity, people follow you. When you step into a a bold new season, I'm going to start that job. I'm going to start that new ministry. I'm going to step into that, that, that entrepreneurship opportunity I have been thinking about for many years. When you step into these things, I think God follows you and everyone's watching You can be someone's everyday hero today. And it's the little, tiny little things. In 1907 to 2007, the GB cycling team won one gold medal across Olympics, across Commonwealth, across World Championships, one gold medal. From 2008 to 2016, they won 167 gold medals. What was the difference? It's what's called incremental nominal gains. What does that even mean, Don? Well, actually, today we're going to make a tiny little tweak to the, to the rubber on the wheels. And tomorrow we're going to make a tiny little tweak to the oil on the rubber on the wheels. And that didn't make a difference. Let's change it. And it's little steps. And it's saying, like Isaiah, it says, a rule for this, a rule for that. A, a little here and a little there. And, and, and God, today I'm going to trust you. Just a little bit. And tomorrow I'm going to trust you. Just a little bit. And over here, just a little more. Just a little more. A rule for this, a rule for that. A little here, a little there. And I wonder if God is saying to you today, you just got to take the step. You just got to get out the boat. You got to sponsor little John. You got to be kind to your neighbor. Husband, you've got to forgive yourself for that thing you said to your wife. Just step out. Be someone's everyday hero what would your world look like today what would our world look like if we say God today I trust you I'm going to be someone's hero today and it's not the extraordinary I'm not Superman I'm not Iron Man although that would be really cool <laughs> I'm not any <laughs> of those things but God I'm just laying my life down before you and I'm going to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the rights of all who are destitute and I'm going to be someone's everyday hero why don't you watch the screens for one moment? I want to show you a video about people who decided to be someone's everyday hero and see the result.
0: In a given week we'll go at least for three days without food the friends that I played with in the neighborhood got captured and was being trained to become child soldiers. We would beg our parents just to buy one apple, but even the rotten ones, we could not afford to buy. In a period of 18 months, I lost my small brother Patrick, my mom, and I lost my stepdad because of the terrifying disease of HIV-AIDS. When my mother died, I was lost. I was looking for hope. I forgot to just show me that everything was going to be okay. Not knowing what tomorrow will look like. Not knowing whether I would have a home. Whether we would live to see the next day. I don't know why Aaron Mitchell decided to sponsor me, but when he did, my whole life changed a group of people from compassion showed up at my church they said you're gonna go to school and then somebody's going to write to you i don't have to worry about whether my parents would have enough money to keep me going to school even if i get sick someone was there to take care of me i felt safe i felt wanted My sponsor is Edwin Bunny. Maria and Hans Shro. Aaron Me Too. Five women from a Lutheran church that were sponsoring me. I am now a physical therapist and I'm working in a hospital. Clinical social worker. I was the first child in my family to go to high school, to go to college. I have a bachelor and a master in in biomedical engineering, a second master in engineering management, and a guy called me into ministry, so I had to go and get a third master. I have a ministry called Youth Arise Africa that works with boys who don't have father figures. We opened a small school. It's not providing the same opportunity that Compassion provided to me so that they too can break out of the cycle of poverty. Whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. You do for me. You did for me. You did it for me. It for me. A sponsor a child today to break the cycle of poverty in a child's life. Like my sponsor did for me. Around
1: about 2003, I remember being in a church service just like this. I think i better have been playing. Margaret, you were there. I think I was playing bass. Boom, 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 boom. And up the back, I see this this figure walk in with long hair a little jealous of that hair now in retrospect long hair beard I kind of squinted it, it was Doug. i was like okay this is this is new and i'm like I, I'm, I'm trying to hide i'll be honest it's behind my base a little bit clean it up like this and after the, the, the service, everyone's kind of hanging out. It's like one of these kind of youth events that 20-odd-year-olds still go to. <laughs> during, the, uh, during the event, everyone had started leaving, and it was really just Doug and I left in the room. And I walked over to him, and I said, hey, Doug, it's Don, Donald, blah, blah, blah. How's things, man? And we just got chatting and talking, and he's saying, hey, I'm at college. I'm doing like like music production or, or something I, I kind of sheepishly worked up the courage you know that way you're, your mouth's dry I'm like Doug, <clears throat> Doug I said bro I'm really sorry I'm like, you had it hard man you had it so hard and I should have said something to you that day I should have stepped in rather spoke up for you speak up Judge Fairley. I should have done it man and as we see in Glasgow, my, conf- my confidence was gone. We see in Glasgow, my bottle crashed. I was like, buddy, my, my confidence was just shot and I knew better and I should have said something. And he kind of laughed, he was fine. You know, I got the kind of bro handshake and he's like, that's not on you. And he kind of laughed, he said, to be fair, if you'd stepped in, they would have just beat you up as well. But I really appreciate it. You know, church, it's not often in life we get a, an opportunity at a second chance. You know, there's so many things in our lives that we look back and are left undone and unsaid. There's a bit of a syndrome that exists in the UK, affects the young, affects the old, affects the healthy. And I I call it the diet starts on Monday syndrome. It's okay, it's Sunday, I'll have two slices of cheesecake. Why? Diet starts on Monday. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's okay, diet starts on Monday. Church, don't delay seven weeks, seven years, seven decades what you could do today and change someone else's life. And in the process, change your own. We're gonna give you the opportunity right now, just as the band come up, to sponsor our child through compassion. The team are kind of around the sides. This isn't gonna be like a heavy moment. We're not gonna make this weird. I'm just gonna ask you in a a moment to close your eyes. And if anything I say today penetrated in you saying, hey Donna, I wanna do that. I can afford 28 quid a month. We can give up a few Starbucks, I can give up that Domino's, I can give up something to do that. If you are considering that today, we're going to ask you to raise your hands just in a moment. Why hasn't everyone closed their eyes? Not to make it weird, but you know, I don't want this to be heavy-handed, I want this just to be really light. And you're like, I've engaged with this today, I've got to do something. I've got to take my eyes off my own situation and help someone else's. I'm going to pray right now, and after I pray, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for Jock, for Shirley, for Steve, for the rest of the team. We pray your best upon them. And this is a cliche in church circles, but Lord, we declare the best is yet to come. We declare rest. We declare rest. And we declare favor. Lord, for everyone else here. If they're saying, I want to be someone's everyday hero. Don, I've, I, I've had so many opportunities over the year to, to make an impact in someone else's world and I've not done it. I've had opportunities to sponsor a compassion child and I've walked away. I've had an opportunity to be kind and I've not done it. If you're in here today and you're saying, Don, I want to sponsor a compassion child today. If that is you, could I just ask you to slip your hands up so the stewards can just pass one of these child profiles along to you. Amazing. Slip it up. We'll just hand these out. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So many hands. God, thank you. Thank you for these precious children. Thank you, thank you. Beyond that, if you're here and you say, well, I just have a few questions and, and how does it work? Is it direct debit? Is, how long does it last for? Where are the kids from? Come and speak to us at the stand. The team are there. We want to talk to you. We'll pray with you. We'll, we'll talk you through what your sponsor journey looks like. But if that is you today, I commend you and encourage you and challenge you Take one of those children and return it to the stand as you leave, fill it out, take it back, and you're engaged in one of the most life transforming relationships you'll ever be in. Just as a hand over to the team, I wonder this though. I wonder if you're saying, actually, Don, I want to do something, but it's not just compassion. I wonder if God is really challenging you today to reach out to someone, if there's a WhatsApp you've got to send. If there's a relationship you've got to reconcile, be someone's hero today. Compassion is one of the best ways to do it. But I wonder if God is speaking beyond that into something new and something fresh for you. Bless you, church.
0: Thanks for joining us. We pray you feel encouraged by this word. We would love to hear from you, so why not connect with us via the website at lifechurchhome.com or on our socials at lifechurchhome. Have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.